Healthy Growing Churches, ministry coaches that help your church launch new life. This is the second half of Beth's interview with Tom Plank, HGC's Chief Catalyst. Tom will talk about the privilege of coaching church leaders as well as some challenges. Then Beth will ask some hard questions about funding, like what it costs for a consultation, and really how churches can reach out and help those others in need. Tom will share some recent success stories from churches that he's been able to work with, and then we'll finally wrap up the podcast with some plans for the future, especially Exponential 2019 in Orlando, Florida, from March 4th through the 7th. HGC gets to host a pre-conference there, and this year the theme is Captivating Church Culture. It's a big topic, a lot of discussion, and we hope you'll be able to join us. You don't want to miss it. Here's part two. Absolutely. Well, that sounds really awesome. And then there's, again, uh, the third part of that process is coaching. So what does a coaching relationship look like with regards to what you do at HGC? Yeah, you know, we, there was a time where we, you know, we had a stable of coaches and, um, you know, we were, we had an intentional process to provide, you know, tracking and accountability, all that sort of thing. And our, our coaching ministry, quite honestly, Beth, these days centers primarily around me. We have a few others that are still coaching for HGC, but primarily me. And, you know, of all the things that I get to do, uh, you know, I love it all. Uh, and I, I truly mean that. I, I do love every aspect of it, the HGC mini, the ministry. There isn't a piece of it that I, that I have to go, oh, I got to do that today. It's I wake up every day when I can't believe I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really do love the coaching piece to it. Um, you know, I'm a very relational person and I love to be, I love to work closely with another pastor who's trying to figure it out. And I love to be a partner in that journey. Uh, so to specifically answer questions, our coaching relationships typically last a year. Uh, we'd certainly be willing to, you know, to do less, but I've found to make real progress, it, it really takes six months to at least six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And so we meet every other week. We typically meet using the Zoom, kind of an online video conferencing software, meet for an hour. And, you know, before we ever get started in the relationship, we would take time to kind of map out some key conversation points and some key milestones, some things that we really want to accomplish in the coaching relationship. We timestamp those. So we really have a framework for a year long conversation before we ever get started. And then, you know, we jump into a Zoom window every other week for an hour. We just get after it. And you know, there's times where, you know, we're on target and we're having a conversation about one of those milestones. And then, you know, just uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was on the call with one of the guys that I'm coaching these days. And, you know, he had just walked before logging onto a Zoom. He had had that 90 minute conversation with, you know, one of one of the members that was just, I mean, just speed him up. And so, you know, he jumps into the Zoom window and there we are. And, you know, he's a mess, you know, not a mess, but, you know, he's he's banged up. And so. You know, we spent, you know, 40 minutes just processing through that. And, you know, so sometimes it's, you know, we got a plan and we're going after the plan. And then sometimes, you know, God interrupts that, which is life. And so, you know, uh, I, I love coaching pastors. You know, I think back to my own personal journey just as a pastor, you know, first 10 years in ministry wasn't done in isolation because I had friends. I had a great board. I had some pastors in the area that, that poured into me. But uh, the second 10 years of, of ministry has always included some coach in my life and mm. it's just it's, it's made all of the difference in the world I mean, it, coaching has changed my life and i remember the first time I got connected to a network of 
that was planting churches and they had some requirements and one of them was coaching and you know after 10 years of ministry kind of trying to figure it out I was willing to do just about anything so when they said you got to have a coach I was like okay I'm in you know and I grew up playing sports so I kind of knew what that meant but uh, it was just so much more it literally changed my life and probably saved my ministry in many ways and so the 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 honor and the privilege to be able to do that for other pastors is just like I said I, I most, you know, I wake up almost every day going, I can't believe I get to do this. Right. That's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah. So many pastors may be listening to this podcast today and they may be wondering to themselves, why should I invite healthy growing churches into my church to assess them? What would your response to that be? You know, I alluded to it earlier, Beth. You know, I, I think there's time, you know, when we, when we get stuck, when, when we bump up against a leadership lid, whether it's on an individual level or as a church, um, we don't know what we don't know and we can't see what we can't see. And I just, I just think there's times along the way that a local church um, without an outside set of eyes and an outside voice and you know, an outside you know, grace-filled nudge is probably not gonna break through that ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when you look at it, when you look at our culture, I mean, the an outside voice, whether you call it consulting or not, I mean that's something that goes on every every day in the marketplace. I mean, you know, businesses spend thousands and millions and millions of dollars annually uh, to get an outside perspective, to get an outside, you know, um, voice. And what's at stake? More money. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, in our situation, you know, the stakes are off the chart high you know i used to tell i used to tell our team um you know someone's going to pull on the campus of this high school and they're going to they're giving god one more shot so whatever you're doing today do it to the glory of god because that one person may be sitting in your row (laughs) they may be uh, um, listening to you lead worship they may drop their kid off at your classroom Uh, so the stakes are high and so you know it's a you know, it's a courageous decision for a church to say yes to an HGC or to any kind of outside voice. Um, but from my perspective, you know, it, it's, it's, it should be an easy choice because I think it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a win-win for them and it's a win-win for the kingdom. Uh, and, you know, I'm probably biased, but, you know, I, I think we can help. I think we can help churches that, uh, you know, are bumping up against some leadership lids. Absolutely. I think too, it's important for pastors to understand that it's not a sign of weakness to ask for some outside help. That really is a sign of strength. You know, to, to say, you know, I have really bumped up against this lid. Now what? So. Well, let me give you let me give you another example, and forgive me for the sports analogies. That's just my background, <laughs> so that's where I default. So I, I I've apologized for that for t- 21 years of ministry. But you know, when you look at Tiger Woods at his prime. Uh, he changed his swing a couple different times. Why he did that, I have no idea. Uh, he was winning golf tournaments, you know, uh, way more uh, than anyone else. But through every swing change, he had a coach. Mm-hmm. And this was this one when this was when Tiger was at his absolute best. Probably had the best run of golf in the history of golf. And yet, he had someone that was he had an outside set of eyes that was watching his swing and coaching mm-hmm. him through you know, the improvements and the changes, et cetera. And so I'm just convinced that, 
uh, when we find ourselves bumping up against a leadership lid, that it's not weakness, it's actually strength if we reach to someone uh, for help. Uh, what's the old axiom? You know, you can go uh, faster by yourself, but you go further if you go with others. And so I think there's some real truth to that, especially as it relates to whether it be coaching or consultation. Uh, you know, the challenges that we face today in the church, uh, you know, probably aren't different than they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 2000 years ago. Um, but there's still challenges. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just think we're better off to go with someone rather than alone. So in talking about all of this, this process that Healthy Brewing Churches um, does with, with other churches and with leaders and with pastors, how exactly is Healthy Growing Churches then funded? Yeah, funding for us is uh, delicate tension. And it's mm -hmm. delicate for a couple of different reasons. One, uh, we've, we've had to have some level of donor support over the years. And, and honestly, Beth, the reason we, we have a donor base is we want to keep our price points at a spot where churches can afford it. And, right. and, and quite honestly, we don't want money to be the reason that, that a church or a pastor couldn't have access to some of the things that we provide. So the, it's the, I say it's this delicate tension because, you know, if you have donor base, then why do you charge? <laughs> and so it's this delicate dance between, you know, being fee for service and, and donor based. So you know, our donor base really helps us keep our price points, you know, affordable for, you know, for a, a majority of, of the churches out there. Right. And I know too, last year, we were really pushing to be able to scholarship some some smaller churches and stuff into the consultation and 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 all that process which was very very um, good i thought uh, especially for some of the churches that can't necessarily afford um, to do these services on their own um, no i'd love to be able to i'd love to be able to do you know um, more scholarships and bigger scholarships mm -hmm. you know what we've what we have learned beth is that if churches or pastors don't have some skin in the game then they don't they don't fully engage so you know to be fully donor funded and, and to to totally give away you know who we are what we do i think would be short-circuiting the whole the whole process i think everybody needs to have some skin in the game the cool thing right. about a big a big portion of our um, donor base beth has been pastors and churches that we've worked with and so mm -hmm. you know what they've really assumed a pay it forward kind of mm -hmm. dynamic in other words hey this was this, this helped us, this changed our story and we wanna be a part of, of helping change the stories of other churches. So always gracious, always you know, thankful for the, the generosity and the graciousness of the churches that, that give every year and individuals that give every year. And when I look at that list, it's it's almost 100% churches or pastors that mm -hmm. at some point HGC's had an impact on. Yeah, that's awesome. So what does it typically cost for a church consultation? How does that process work? Yeah, you know, Beth, that's, uh, you know, we, again, we're, we're trying to keep our price points um, at a spot where, you know, it's accessible to most churches. So I'm going to throw some numbers out there, but I would reserve the right to, to be flexible a little bit, because again, we don't want money to be the reason that, you know, a pastor or a church enters you know, an engagement with us in ministry, whether it be consultation or coaching. So I talked about coaching before. Coaching relationships are $2,800 a year. 
uh, 26 at, uh, you know, bi-weekly sessions. So 26 hours of coaching and then full email and phone support. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I think about the coaching relationships that I have, it's never just those 26, you know, Zoom calls. There's phone calls, there's text messages, there's emailing, there's, hey, will you review this document? Or, hey, can I have your eyes on this? It's always way beyond that. Uh, our consultation, Beth, um, kind of starts at 7,500 and then, you know, really have a little bit of wiggle room in there, depending on the size of the church. Uh, plus expenses. So $7,500 covers a full assessment for the lead pastor, the senior pastor. Um, and then, um, you know, expenses would be on top of that. And then mm-hmm. obviously the coaching would, would backfill on, uh, you know, for a year or two paid over time. If, you know, if the church decided to, to uh, enter covenant and access, you know, one of our coaches. There's also, from what I understand, there's also a potential for maybe some larger healthy churches to sponsor smaller churches in this process. Is that, is that true or? Yeah, I would say, you know, over the years, Beth, there's, you know, how churches have paid for, you know, for example, for a consultation has, you know, there's been a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's been a, a sister church that, you know, maybe covered a certain percentage of it, or maybe it was, you know, that district or that uh, you know, a particular network of churches, denomination, if you will, um, help provide, you know, some of it. Again, I still am convinced that, you know, a church needs to have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so even if there's, even if there's some funding partner, if you will, whether that's an individual or a church or, you know, denomination or a network of churches, I still think that the congregation needs to have a little skin in the game as well. Absolutely. They need to see the value in it um, for sure. Yeah, so do you ever try to match other churches up that may need some help with maybe a church that's larger that can maybe afford um, to help them with some of the services? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'm not sure we've done a lot of matchmaking like that. Uh, But when we have, you know, when we do sense that, you know, the financial piece is going to be a challenge for a particular church, we do help them try to get creative. Uh, you know, hey, is there some denominational support that you can access? Is there a sister church that might be willing to, you know, uh, help fund this project? Uh, so I, we're, you know, we haven't specifically done a great deal of matchmaking, um, <laughs> but we have helped. We have helped, uh, you know, pastors and even boards, you know, try to creatively figure out a way to, you know, to to make a go at it. Uh, and, and again, Beth, you know, I, I'm biased. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things that we can spend ministry dollars on, um, but I'm convinced that uh, a consultation and or coaching and or a cohort are some of the best investments that we can make as it relates to ministry dollars. It's almost like preventative maintenance on your car, preventative health things. It just mm-hmm. you know, it just it helps you get better before it's too late, and there is a point where it's too late. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of times that we've entered a, a, a conversation with a with a congregation and they're really wrestling with, I'm not sure we should do this. I'm not sure we can afford it. I'm not sure we want to do it. I'm not sure this is the right thing. And you can just see them, you know, grinding out that decision and decide not to. And then a year or two later, call us and say, hey, we need help. And it's, you know, what we what we have at that point to work with is 
I mean, it just breaks my heart to think, man, if we had gone down this path two, three, four, five years ago, we may not be where we are today. Um, so. So I know when we were at Exponential um, this past year, a couple months ago, what is what is it? What yeah. year is it? <laughs> it? It was this year. Yeah. All right. So I know when we were at Exponential this year, we had a, a lunch for people um, regarding the Dying to Restart book and people who were really on board with that. And a lot of these people were pastors who who maybe saw down the street that there was a church that was really close to being foreclosure, really, really close to being going close to going under. And they actually reached out and say what and said, what can we do to help some of these churches? And so is there a pathway um, for people to partner with other churches in order to maybe get some of this consultation, coaching, and cohorts um, idea available to them. Yeah, Beth, you know, it's interesting that you would ask that question because, you know, that specific, that specific narrative of, you know, some of, the, some of the churches out there that are approaching the end of a life cycle and then down the street, across town, or a few minutes away, you have this, you know, a little bit bigger or maybe significantly bigger church that's healthy, that's reaching the community, that's making disciples, that's multiplying. And, uh, the, the number of those relationships that are beginning to, to happen and then really spark into an adoption or merger and that mm-hmm. that facility or location becomes either a new church or a campus of, of you know, uh, of a particular congregation. We're, we're seeing that more and more, almost to the point where it's a significant trend in the church. And, you know, as a, as a, as a congregation begins that conversation, uh, I think everything that I've, I've mentioned on this podcast today is relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching, cohort, and consultation can all be extremely helpful to uh, either congregation um, you know, or any of the leaders, you know, the pastors, uh, involved, if there's some, some, uh, DNA mindset perspective stuff that needs to happen, it's probably a cohort. If, you know, if it's helping, you know, one of the churches really process through some significant changes, a merger and adoption, you know, I could see how a consultation would be helpful. And then I, you know, obviously coaching throughout, you know, both of those, you know, journeys, you know, will be, you know, significant, usually helpful for sure. Great, that's awesome. Um, so Tom, just reflecting a little bit on your work with HGC recently, can you just tell me a story um, that may be one of your favorites to tell right now? A win, something that's really impacted you, anything like that? Just tell me a. Briefly, some some story that's really impacted you. Yeah, you know, Beth, I, right now there's probably two stories. I'm going to limit myself to one. I hope that's okay. There's yeah. there's two stories that, that, that I, I love to tell. You know, I, I'm coaching Ben Steers, who pastors uh, North Park Church in Meridian, Mississippi. And, uh, you know, I, you know, Ben's a dear friend, and, you know, he's been in my life for several years now. I had the opportunity. I didn't have the opportunity to do the consultation with the North Park Church, uh, at that time, I was still doing local church in Cincinnati and doing HGC very, very part-time. And so I w- wasn't there for the consultation. But long story short, HGC did a consultation with this congregation that had a, uh, a tremendous history and had tremendous impact in Meridian, had a you know a wonderful pastor that passed away uh, with cancer. And, 
So HGC went in, did a consultation, and helped them secure uh, Ben Steers as their next uh, pastor. And the story that God has authored there in the last couple of years, last year and a half or so, has just been incredible. Uh, the, the change, the growth, the new vision, the in installation of new DNA. Uh, and matter of fact, I just had a coaching call with Ben yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make it about numbers because the, what the story that God's authoring there is way bigger than some Sunday morning attendance figure. But at 450 in worship, uh, when Ben got there, they were in the 260, 270 range. Uh, and he's pretty sure that the peak was 400. So, mm -hmm. you know, to, to and, and in the midst of that is people have come to know Jesus and mm -hmm. marriages that have been saved uh, and baptisms, adult baptisms and child baptisms that, you know, that, that uh, children that have been baptized. Uh, it's just, you know, I could go on and on about the story that God is authoring there in Meridian. And I think God is beginning to give Ben a vision for not only Meridian, but for Mississippi. And I wouldn't be surprised if the North Park Church didn't become, uh, you know, kind of an epicenter for some significant multiplication throughout the state, which is just fun. And uh, so I love the story that God's authoring there. Yeah, and the other just one, by the way, they can read some of that story on our on our website on our blog where you can see some of ben's uh vision and everything for the not just for the church in general but you really do see sort of this this vision for um, the way he sees meridian or um, north park being this beacon of hope in meridian and then and then throughout mississippi it's a very beautiful story and i think it's awesome to even think about you know all those changes happen and he just celebrated his second year anniversary as the pastor there this this past month. So um, that's cool. that's really brilliant. So uh, it's a real testimony, I think, to the people there in the North Park Church. I think it's a testimony to you know Ben's leadership and the team that he's assembled. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd like to think that HCC played some role of you know preparing the way and helping mm -hmm. them you know figure out the best path forward. And so it's just been a win-win for the church for the kingdom. Uh, for the advancement of, you know, the good news of Jesus. I'm just, just so thankful. Uh, the other story, Beth, that I love to tell, uh, you know, right now, God's authored such a cool story of a network of churches throughout Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana. We, I mentioned to a little earlier, alluded to it. We embarked on this journey of, of really challenging established churches to wrestle to the ground. What does it look like for us to multiply? And so it was just fun to stand before that group, you know, here this past week and, you know, actually be able to, tell some stories of some projects that will get off the ground in October and uh, later in the year in the first part of 19. Uh, you know, one of our larger churches in that network going multi-site twice in the next six, seven months. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got one of the churches up north in Indiana that has commissioned one of their best to uh, start a network of micro churches in Columbia City, Indiana. Uh, one of our great churches in Indies, uh, partnering with uh, this network of churches to launch a brand new church down toward uh, downtown Indianapolis. Have, uh, uh, three churches in the state that have raised their hand and said, hey, you know, we have a growing Hispanic population in our community. We'd love to leverage our facility to reach them. And then, you know, Beth, it, it, the number of churches in that region that are wrestling with what does it look like for us to install an intentional framework for making disciples that make disciples? And, and what would it look like for us to multiply is at an all-time high. Mm. And, you know, HGC has, has had the privilege of being a voice 
um, you know, for this network of churches. And, you know, just I love the story that God is offering there. It's just really cool. Because in this network of churches, this behavior that I just described was not normative. I know it should be normative, <laughs> but it's, it wasn't normative uh, a few years ago. And we've changed, you know, there's a new normal and that's, mm. that's exciting and should be celebrated. Yeah. And I think it goes without saying that all the work that you guys do and all the work that's coming through healthy growing churches with the coaching and consultations and even the cohorts and all that. It's just truly ordained by the Holy Spirit and, and is, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get a sense really that, that you're just following his lead and that, that his idea of church is what's transforming, you know, what's happening in the, in the church today. And, and, I think this is a beautiful thing to just get to be a part of that and see, you know, how God is, is going to, to do all of those different things. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's it certainly, it certainly isn't going to happen if he doesn't show up. Absolutely. I, you know, honestly, Beth, I don't know if there's any more difficult job out there than being the pastor of a local church. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of any, more difficult path that a leader, a leader of a church or a leader of any organization can walk than leading the church toward change. Mm. Uh, you know, those are just courageous paths that, that, you know, for one to walk that need to be walked. Um, you know, so for us to have the opportunity to be a partner, to be uh, a, a small voice in some of those stories, is just, you know, it's a real privilege. So what are some things that we're gearing up for? What are some things that we're excited about um, that's happening soon in the future? I know we're starting the cohorts, um, hopefully within the next month or two. And then what else are some things that are being worked on? Yeah, you know, certainly the cohort idea, Beth, uh, you know, we'll roll that out this fall and over the next couple of months, I would say we'll even probably push into the first quarter of, of 2019, just depending on a, the number of applications and onboarding people and all that kind of thing. I'm sure there'll be a process to get there, but you know, that'd be something that we'll roll out over the next few months and super excited about that. Again, I know I mentioned this, but, you know, I just, I've seen it. I've seen if we can get pastors circled up, having the right conversation, we get so uh, for us to be able to kick those off and roll those out is really exciting. And I'm hopeful that, you know, that we can have, you know, dozens of those happening, you know, across the country. Uh, the other thing that I would say is this podcast, I think it would be fun to kind of see where this goes. I know we're, we're recording this uh, inaugural one today, but I, I'd really am uh, excited to see where this kind of goes. I, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Beth, but I'm a huge podcast person. I probably listen to eight to 10 podcasts a week, whether it's mowing grass or working out, uh, you know, I've got my ear, my AirPods in and I'm listening not to music, not watching TV. I'm listening to a podcast. So super excited about, you know, thinking about us having, you know, one out there is just kind of fun. Uh, the other thing I would mention is exponential. Our team, um, you know, behind the scenes is prepping for exponential. We've, I think I've been to, I don't know how many there are, how, how many of there have been, 12, 13, and I think I've only missed one. So it's one of my favorite events, the first half of every year. And looking forward to being in Orlando in early March. And we're going to have the opportunity again this year to host a, a pre-conference learning lab, which we're super excited about. So we're putting the finishing touches on some of that. 
we're going to be talking about uh, captivating culture, which I think is a, a real need in the church. You know, because I was I was I was just telling a, a pastor this uh, a group of pastors in Washington this yesterday in Zoom window. You can have a great vision, but if you don't have good culture, that mm. vision gets eaten by bad culture. Right. And so excited about our pre-con. Uh, it's going to be, um, you know, talking about this idea of culture is going to be a lot of fun. So we're, you know, we're prepping for that, gearing up for that. You know, it's going to be Christmas and the holidays before we know it. And, you know, the exponential is going to be eight, eight, nine weeks away. So, uh, you know, I, Beth, one of the other things that I say about exponential, no one installs multiplication DNA like exponential. So every year I'm around the exponential family, I get reignited with this passion to multiply and make disciples, plant churches. And so uh, certainly um, super excited about that. So Tom, it's been really awesome to talk to you and just uh, hear about all the ideas and all the vision and dreams that we have here at Healthy Growing Churches. And I'm excited to hear more stories and I hope that people will stay tuned to our podcast and enjoy um, other um, messages that we bring forth and also keep in touch with us on our blog and our website to see other things that are going on as well. So thank you so much for um, taking the time to speak with me today. No, it was a pleasure, Beth. And, and I hope this isn't the last time we do it. I hope it's the first of many. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing where this thing goes. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast with Beth Ellert and Tom Plank. We've covered a lot of area about what HGC is about, their heart for the church, and heart for multiplication. We hope that you'll be able to tune in for our next podcast. Thanks. Thanks.